Hi, my name is Daniel Kaziatnikov. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I did a lot of apps and remote development so far, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Camp. This show is truly global and I mean truly global because uh, we have a CEO and founder of many companies. He's based in Hong Kong and I know we don't get that many guests from Hong Kong so this episode is all going to be talking about uh, his history, uh, what it's like to be an entrepreneur based in Hong Kong and maybe it could inspire you to even think about that as a location. So let me introduce uh, David Whitaker. He is many things, a CEO and founder of Key Ideas Group but also uh, founder of Taxi Please but uh, at the moment i guess a ceo of imagine room so david welcome to the app guide podcast thanks paul thanks for for chatting with me yeah let's 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 go back a bit because you've got a a really rich uh, entrepreneurial background perhaps you can tell us how you ended up in hong kong and and you've been living there for 10 years you know how did that all start sure um i've had a, a an interesting background from the perspective that i've worked uh in and out of uh, software development and design over the years, um, but primarily I was I, I started in uh, working in recruitment um, back in the late 90s in Australia. It was great because I got a chance to meet a lot of uh, very talented people, um, people with some great ideas, and uh, to see you know to have uh, I guess a cross section of the industry and, and quite a lot of industry verticals to see what was what was going on. So working in recruitment uh, led me to uh, coming up with my first idea that I was able to, to uh, attract some seed funding, which obviously was a recruitment system. Once, uh, once we had some seed funding in place, uh, I left recruitment and started to, to, to build that system out. And that led me uh, again, because each thing leads to something else, uh, as, as, as you know, it's, it's just a logical progression. Um, so I started working closely with development companies um, and ended up being a partner in a, in a small company in Australia. Um, and uh, from that point, then moved up to Hong Kong, uh, working with Robert Walters to, uh, to help them open up their IT practice in, in Asia. David, I have to say that, I mean, what a rich, um, you know, a rich journey for you. And... I'd love to go back to that bit where you you uh, you know you came out of recruitment and, and suddenly got the seed money. How did that come about? Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges that many of the app entrepreneurs listening to this have is that they you know really struggle to uh, get anything off the ground and get that initial seed money. How did that come about? Like uh, look honestly, like a lot of things, um, it's it's usually through people that you know um, or your immediate circle. Um, and I'm, I'm not referring to, you know, friends or, or, or mum and dad, which is where a lot of people will tend to point you. Um, but more through your contacts, uh, because if people are going to invest, then it's important that they have a, uh, at least a, a rudimentary understanding of what you're trying to achieve. Um, because a lot, of the, a lot of the outcomes that entrepreneurs are trying to achieve are things that, that don't exist currently. So you're trying to fill a gap or fill a fill a need. So you've got to find like-minded people or people who are prepared to to take a, a risk. But uh, they're only going to do that if they can at least 
get some idea of uh, of what you what you're trying to to get out there. Um, so the seed money that I got came through uh, some people that I had met through the recruitment days who could see because they had worked in the industry uh, that there were gaps, serious gaps, particularly on the client side uh, when it came to systems. Uh, I mean, just to put this in context, I started in recruitment when we used to fax CVs out and we used to like... <laughs> right, okay. we used to- what do you mean you don't still do that? <laughs> Not if I can help it. <laughs> Yeah, actually, ironically, uh, just the other day, there was a a product on Product Hunt that was uh, something to do with faxing. And uh, I thought that I haven't seen that that reference to a fax in years. But yeah, it's uh, it's gone the way of the Betamax, sadly. (laughs) Yeah, you're really bringing it back now and showing your age up. Exactly, (laughs) Uh, David, I mean, it must be fair to say that in recruitment, you have a pretty enviable network. I mean, it is all about networking. Would you say recruitment has helped you build up your network? Oh, absolutely. Uh, No two ways about it. And, um, you know, there's uh, one one of the things that that new entrepreneurs struggle with is, you know, how do you make that phone call? Um, You know, how, how do you identify that person, whether it's through LinkedIn or through, uh, you know, other websites um, who, who may be the gateway contact that you need to, to speak to. But how do you uh, get that elevator pitch? How do you make that phone call uh, and so forth? And the, the, the beauty of recruitment, of course, is that I had spoken to a lot of the people that I needed to speak to previously uh, and there was a good, um, a good reason to call people or just to say, hey, can we catch up and have a coffee? I want to run something by you. Uh, now, you know, that's, that's a bit of an advantage. At the end of the day, though, that just gets you in the door. Um, it, does, it doesn't get, a, it doesn't get a, a signature on a check. So you've got to use everything that you've got, every contact that you have uh, to your advantage and, and don't hesitate. David, what I'm learning from you, and it's actually a little bit running in parallel with what I do with this podcast, is that you're uh, networking, but people in your network, you've you've added value to, you've you've benefited in some way because in your case, you, you've recruited them, I guess, and or at least recruited for them, uh, and then you uh, that gives you license to approach them for, for other. Uh, advent- ventures that you know you're you're doing or other companies, and it's the same with my podcast. You know, I, I regularly speak to many of the past guests. They've become good friends, network, and uh, and it really helps out when you you kick off a project to, to approach those people and helps them with introductions. Uh, and I'm sure anyone listening can do the same thing. No, I totally agree, Paul. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know taking the opportunity or taking the time to look at the people that you know. Um, or the people that your friends know or your, your colleagues and, and just sort of working out a bit of a strategy as to who, who would be worthwhile approaching is, is really, really critical um, because if you, if you don't take advantage of the people, uh, sorry, don't, when I say take advantage, what I mean is if you don't make the best use of the contacts that you have or the contacts that your, your friends have, then there's nothing in that first round to differentiate you when you do end up doing a pitch session, uh, you know, or going to a startup session and so forth. There's, there's, there's nothing that sort of stacks the deck in your favor. And often when it comes to those sort of formal presentations, the, the best presentations, you know, that, that, that happen in the office or in front of the mirror uh, die a thousand deaths um, under the pressure of 
of scrutiny. Um, it's much. It's always much better if you can to to see if you can get an opportunity to, uh, even if it's just for for, for practice, um, to to sit down with somebody who you respect or who might be a possible a person who could possibly help, and and run things by them and get some get some honest feedback. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of the way we met each other, which was an introduction through my past guest, Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, the co-founder of Code and & Go. And it was an introduction email. Uh, and here we are talking. And uh, and then who knows what, what conversations we'll, we'll have in the future. But that's the way the, the app entrepreneur world works. Would you agree? I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, the more I could encourage people to, to not hesitate. Uh, the caveat is obviously... Um, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's great, um, but you're the one that's passionate about it. So you've got to temper that with a little bit of sensible, um, you know, business sense so that you're not, you don't um, get people offside or, um, uh, you know, make the wrong approach at the wrong time. So, you, you, you know, you've got to, you've got to temper it, but uh, absolutely, I, I would think that if you could Go through your go through your phone, go through your emails, your contacts. Sit down and speak with your mates uh, or your colleagues, and uh, and say, look, who are the top three people who could help me get an intro, or who could refer me, or who could give me some advice? Uh, it would be actually one of the things that spent. helped me, David. One of one of the things that helped me, and I think just while I'm thinking of it, is is worth mentioning is uh, that in all my emails, I do say my biggest challenge is to be introduced to guests. Uh, and that has led to lots of introductions, and, and so that's just one technique I guess you can use in all your emails to, uh, you know, various people is just to put your biggest challenges in there. One of them being networking, uh, and then you'll be surprised at who, who introduces you to to whomever. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, I've always been pleasantly surprised by the willingness of established business people to, uh, you know, to, to lend an ear or, or give some advice. Now, busy people are always going to be busy people. Um, but, uh, you know, I've found some people who can be quite generous with their time and, uh, who, who are in jobs where they might actually secretly aspire to get out and do what you're doing. So for them to be involved in some way, uh, actually gives them some benefit as well. Right. And I know that when Chris did introduce me, he did say that you are looking to launch a new app. Uh, maybe we could. This is a show about apps, and, and perhaps we could talk about that potential launch. Uh, yes, we have it. We have a couple of things coming up. Uh, one of them is uh, flying a little under the radar, so I can I can give you a very short soundbite on that one. Um, but the other ones are, are, are quite interesting uh, as well. We, we tend yeah, give us a teaser, and then maybe <laughs> we could come back to you and and, and and flesh it out in more detail. Yeah, no problems. Um, so. The, the, the key premise behind it is that we all have multiple social profiles. Um, and, for example, you and I are talking over Skype right now. At the same time, I've got my WhatsApp and, um, uh, you know, and, and a thousand other things going simultaneously. Um, we are looking to come forward with a solution to all of that and to, and to, to reduce the noise. Wonderful. And that's the teaser. We could talk more about that in another episode, yeah, perhaps, exactly. or get you back on. <laughs> it's an excuse to get you back here, that's David. Like, that's like the next uh, was truck. What's the one you can talk about? Uh, sure. I mean, the, 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 the one that we've uh, launched, uh, actually, I, I mentioned two. One is Taxi Please. Um, Taxi Please, uh, of course, everybody's seen and used taxi apps and uh, 
uh, all over the world and, and uh, they're, they're extremely useful, the, the utility of them is great. Um, we're going to be launching a new version of Taxi Please which is a slightly different take on, uh, on the whole taxi uh, scenario because one of the things that, that we do um, as, a, as a group um, in key ideas is that we, we, we work on artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. Um, we've got uh, some great people that work with us uh, on that and so we'll be coming out with a new version of Taxi Please very soon which uh, includes, uh, it actually turns it into a social network which is a, a take that uh, I think is quite unique in this space and it brings some very interesting AI um, and machine learning uh, elements to it as well. Right. Okay. So it's an app that is already out there, but you have like a really big update and you're almost treating that as another launch. Pretty much. Um, Taxi Please is, is working in a few different countries. Um, uh, Hong Kong was our, was our test bed, uh, probably the hardest place to launch a taxi app in the world, um, short of Kazakhstan. So we, did, so we went to Kazakhstan and launched it there too. Right. <laughs> You're a sucker for punishment, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. Find, find me somewhere harder. I, th I think Antarctica is probably the hardest one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Not a lot so, of down there. I mean, that's great because uh, anyone listening to this who already has an app, you know, you've just reminded us that it. If you have a big update coming, just treat that as another launch, as a as a big launch. I think so. Um, you know, there's um, people often talk about and and. Uh, you know, looking at the the various spaces of the business verticals, and they go, "Oh, you know, it, it, it's it's very busy, and 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 so and so, you know, Uber has won because they've got the most money, or or Groupon won because uh, uh, you know various different reasons." Um, I, I sort of subscribe to that. I mean, it depends on on how you slice and dice a, a market. Um, but to be honest, you know, they were disruptive because of the status quo, but a lot of times companies very quickly these days become new status quo. Um, and it doesn't mean that they've fulfilled all of their objectives or that they've, they've satisfied the market. Um, I, I would definitely say to anybody, you know, um, don't, uh, don't give up on an idea if you believe in it. Yeah, that, that's great uh, inspirational advice in a way because uh, we all get disheartened when we have an app idea and we go straight to the app store and it's like, oh, there's, that's already being done. And uh, what you're saying is, yes, it might be, but there it could be that they're becoming the new status quo, and there, there could be new ways of disrupting that uh, market. It's 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 all about um, taking something and 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 you know what can you bring to the table? You know what can you do to make it special? Um, you know each of us, if we want to be entrepreneurs, uh, have gifts or we have talents, abilities, or insights. In fact, insights I think is is really the key, um, and. Often, you know, when you're when you're way out in front of the pack, um, it's quite lonely because you've got to wait for a lot of people to catch up. But when they catch up, then that becomes the status quo. So it's incumbent on the uh, entrepreneur to then run out of run out in front again and find fresh insights. So with the uh, uh, with the app business, you know, that's that's what we're doing all the time. Um, you don't necessarily have to pivot ninety degrees. Uh, people who are backing you or funding you or potentially thinking of doing so uh, are always going to challenge your conclusions. And the reason that they do that is twofold. One is because they're all about risk mitigation. 
um, and making sure that you know the chances of them losing their money are, are, are as reduced as possible. Uh, but also, they're not they don't have the same insights that the entrepreneur brings. So they may not actually understand uh, your premise until the world catches up, and then they go, "Oh, got it." Yeah, and I can imagine that's happened with many apps. Uh, so what have you uh, really learned from launching uh, an app and, and going through your current launch? Is there anything you can share with us with regards to uh, how you're getting uh, press, uh, how you're getting uh, downloads? Um, you know, maybe, maybe you can give us some insights into the launch. Absolutely. Um, some, things, some things are a tear-away success. Uh, you know, sometimes you've got the right timing, the right product, in the right place. Uh, one of our first apps was called GBuy, and, uh, and that was designed by uh, one of our junior partners, uh, Ronald Chung, uh, in Hong Kong. And it was exactly at the right time um, for the market. It was a group buying aggregator, and it went nuts. Uh, it, we, we put zero uh, marketing into it. We did a few interviews, uh, and beyond that, we just stopped because we didn't need to. We were just getting download after download. Um, that sort of thing is a unicorn in itself. Um, so it might happen, probably won't. Um, and so you know, then you've got to fall back on 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 your basic principles, and that is you've got to have a good go-to-market strategy. Um, you've got to find the you know uh, you, you've got to really test your your, your theories out. Who is going to use it? Why they're going to use it? Um, you know, a lot of times we, we, we sit there, again, I get back to the, the fact that entrepreneurs spend most of their time alone, because we do, um, but I can't answer those questions myself, because I already believe in, in the idea, I wouldn't, wouldn't have backed it. So you've got to go through a process, um, and the more refined that process can be, the better the outcome is going to be, and that in turn is going to make the, uh, the potential funding partners feel much better about backing you because you've already done that um, that groundwork. And, and how best is it to keep the funding partners on your side? Uh, is there any advice that you've got for, you know, keeping them like supportive? I'm guessing it's like a lot of regular updates and just also uh, being prepared for when there are sort of bad events and, 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 and unfortunate things that happen. Um. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think it's different for, for everybody because it's always that 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 mix of, of personalities, um, and some people. Uh, it depends on your personality and, and, and how you react with people because it can be quite challenging. Um, but what I would say is, first of all, there is no such thing as over communication. You can't tell them too much, uh, or you can't give them enough updates. That's the first thing. Um, I think too, if you're the business leader, that, that you really need to be thinking ahead as to, or, or you know, what those questions might be, and trying to come up with some answers. Don't get caught flat-footed if you can possibly avoid it. Um, and the next thing is, um, don't over-promise and under-deliver. I know it's an oldie, but it's really true. Um, if you can. Uh, if you can give them a timeline and you can hit milestones, it builds confidence um, because the nature of people who are in the funding business tends to be uh, a little bit more linear than, than, than creative. And so if it's on a spreadsheet, it must be true. So if you're a creative person out there listening and, uh, 
and, and you're, you're working trying to get funding partners or you're working with them, then don't get too creative on the spreadsheet. Yeah, I can imagine that actually is, uh, is really good advice because it, it's quite easy to oversell an idea and then you, you know, that leads to its own, I mean, it gets you the funding possibly, but then it leads to its own uh, issues down the line if you don't hit those milestones. So uh, there's two things we need to do, David, before I say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that when we have app entrepreneurs on this show, they tend to be people that have lots of ideas and we have an, uh, a community here of Appster tribes who are willing to build stuff, to try things out, but we just need ideas. And I'm wondering if you have an idea for an app that you could share with us, uh, something that you perhaps are not going to work on, but you thought would be you know, something worthy of be getting out there in the world. Wow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or you can have a, give us a, an app idea of something you've actually got in the works and we'll... Uh, We'll take that from you. Uh, no problems. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few. Um, uh, I think um, uh, one thing that we've been, that we've been thinking about um, is combining um, uh, an ordering system. We, we did a, uh, a restaurant booking system a few years ago. And uh, we've also obviously done Taxi Please. Uh, which gave us uh, a good insight into um, the requirement of um, uh, Google Maps and GPS tracking and location-based services. One of the things we've been thinking about is um, being able to pre-book food if you're on a trip. Um, so, say for example, you're travelling from um, uh, I don't know, I guess from Scotland to uh, down to down to London or or anywhere really. Um, the ability to be able to book your food um, or, or, or things as you're traveling uh, is, is something that we thought would be kind of neat. That, that is an awesome idea. I mean, talk about you know, trying to take care of every single need that we have as human beings now. <laughs> just the, the thought of uh, just turning up somewhere pre-planned, uh, they know your location, they can figure out when you're half an hour away and start cooking you fresh food. <laughs> and it's, it's sitting there, uh, at the restaurant when you walk in how, how amazing is that yeah we thought we thought it'd be pretty cool um it's not much point for it in hong kong because it's only 15 minutes across well it would disrupt the whole fast food market because one of the reasons you go to mcdonald's is because they have a drive-through it's really quick and you have to eat rubbish food but you've you know you're you're in and out and and the thought of having like a really nice restaurant meal but that happens to be pre-cooked whilst whilst you're on your way and and prepared. That, 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 that's terrific. And there's no risk for the for the restaurants because you uh, you pay. So yeah, you pay up front. Yeah. So if you don't eat it, then you just put it. You know, give it to someone else. Yeah, absolutely. So the- uh, maybe have another app for like you know the freebie f- meals that come out. That you know, not you know for the uh, leftovers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have an exchange. We'll set up a food exchange. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that idea. Thank you so much, David, for sharing that. That's great. Uh, so, well, the last thing is this is a show about apps and we couldn't let you go without pulling out your smartphone and telling us maybe one or two apps that you've used in your business or your personal life that you think are good recommendations for this show, you know, ones that maybe you've not come across before. Oh, absolutely. Um, we've been using Proto.io quite a lot Um so, and that's for prototyping apps and being able to demonstrate them on the handsets. Uh, that has been invaluable as a tool. 
great. That's um, and I'll make sure that I put links uh, in the show notes. So uh, if anyone is listening to this and you're driving or you just don't happen to have access to uh, the internet, say it's, you've downloaded this episode, then just go to theappguy.co and search out episode 297 with David Whitaker, and I will make sure that we put links to that. Uh, and uh, do you happen to have another one? Because uh, that's, that's a great one. Uh, I do. The uh, It's the new version um, of an app by by Booking.com. It's called Booking.now or just now. Um, and uh, the old version was, well, it was it was dreadful to be honest, and uh, I downloaded the, the update recently and it inspired me um, to go back and look at some of the things that we've done uh, because the, the production values, the quality of the app um, and, and just the, the overall functionality is, is really first rate. Yeah, I have to say that the uh, certainly the hotel industry here is, is uh, definitely va- ramping up their efforts. I've used London tonight. Uh, sorry, a hotel tonight. That that was a very easy app to use, and I've just used as we speak uh, the uh, believe it or not the Premier Inn app, uh, and it's awesome. It's really easy to use. You can you can actually get a hotel uh, reservation within a few two or three clicks. It makes it very simple. So, uh, and of course, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because you're on your phone. I mean, you know, you're not going to run to a desktop to try and book a hotel anymore. So, no, I mean, and not if you're traveling. Um, you know, anybody out there who, who travels quite a bit, and I'm traveling uh, a little bit more these days, um, you know, these, these apps just make my life so much easier. Great. Well, David, I'll make sure that, again, in the show notes, we put links to you so people can uh, reach out. But for, for the purposes of people listening, how best can we reach out and connect with you? Because it's just such an inspiring episode. Thanks. Um, well, you can contact me at uh, davidwhitaker at imagineroom.com. Or through uh, Twitter, which is David Whitaker forty three. Great, David. Thank you very much for coming on the App Guy podcast and talking through your story, and also, you know, teasing us with that idea, the, the awesome idea of uh, an amalgamation of all the different uh, social media feeds, and uh, and also then get going through your journey. Thank you so much. All the best. Uh, we'd love to uh, have you back on a roundtable or something when when we uh, have a future episode. Thanks, Paul. It's been a real pleasure.